Hello, it's Kate from Zen Stitching and I'm joining you today to talk with another artist who is part of the Making Zen online retreat. So this afternoon I have the pleasure of joining Blair from Blair Wisecraft Handmade and she is a fabulous textiles who's written books and made all kinds of amazing things and I'm just going to send her a quick invitation to um, join the conversation today. I hope you've been following along to our conversations as they've been progressing this week. And um, here she is. Hello. How are you? Can you hear me? <laughs> I can, loud and clear. Yes, it's wonderful to connect with you again, Blair. Same. Yeah. And how are you? I know you've been busy working on a number of different things. What kind of projects are you currently working on? Well, I today I was like making a lot of lists of things. <laughs> so I guess that's a good place to start. Um, I am working on a new quilt pattern that's almost done. Mm -hmm. And working within my Quilt is Desired Club membership group. So uh, we're doing, um, I'm uploading some videos to them. We're, we're sort of working through our existing fabric stash. So looking for inspiration and things to uh, motivate us to do that. We all have more fabric than we'll ever use. <laughs> Is. <laughs> yeah, and then that's it. You know, I tend to slow down a little bit during the summer. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm trying to tie up loose ends and things like that. But, you know, I'll still work, but uh, I will slow down a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's a, a really nice thing to look forward to. Um, I don't know what the temperatures are like where you are right now, but I still feel like it's very springy here and summer is a long way away. <laughs> well, I noticed when I tuned into some of your lives, you're wearing sweaters. So I was thinking, mm. oh, it's colder there. Mm. So. Yes, quite, quite considerably. So to give you an idea, we've got daffodils out and the temperature ranges between, we're still getting uh, zero at nighttime. And if we're lucky, we're having some beautiful days around 20 degrees Celsius which I'm guessing is maybe 60 Fahrenheit. That's I'm, nice. I'm not sure. Yes, yeah, so yeah. it's, it's quite pleasant, but it's it's spring. So one minute it's warm, the next minute it's chilly. And yeah, yeah, a bit hard to predict. It's the same here. You know, we're um, at uh, 6,000 uh, feet above sea level. So, uh, and I moved here from Seattle, which was at sea level. So mm -hmm. the sun is powerful here in Santa Fe, um, so, or where we live, which is right outside of Santa Fe. So the temperature ranges widely. So in the morning, it can be really cold. My husband works in his home office, which is across our driveway attached to the garage. I'm in my studio here and he'll come through um, when he comes in to get something and he's like, I'm freezing. I'm freezing. And then by the end of the day, we're like, we were going to have to turn the air on soon. So <laughs> it's, 
it, it's a wide range here. Yes, yes. So you probably have to dress in layers, do you? Where you've got layers All in the bottom. layers. And... Yeah. Maybe we've really got a, a cat who wants to join the conversation as well. I know. She seems... no, my cat's going to probably come over here soon too. Whenever he hears anybody talking, he comes over to see what's, yes, what's going on. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't miss a conversation. Couldn't no. miss out. No, no. <laughs> Well, Blair, I'm really pleased um, that you're joining us this year for part of the Making Zen online retreat. And you have a number of different offerings that you're sharing with lucky viewers. We've got your workshop and then an, also a wonderful thing that you've put together for the All Access Pass. Would you like to tell people, give people a, a bit of a hint of what you're going to be talking about next week in your uh, workshop that's aired for free for 24 hours. Yes, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited about it. So one of the things that Kate and I discussed um, early on was often when we do hand-stitched uh, pieces or sashiko or some sort of surface texture on a piece of fabric or embroidery, really anything, that sometimes we uh, can get sort of a creative block about how do I use this in a bigger project? I don't want to stitch or quilt over uh, the stitches or that I've done by hand or something like that. I'm not really sure what I need to do. Um, so the workshop that I'm doing for Making Zen, uh, the Making Zen online retreat is I'm going to give you some different ideas and suggestions and ways on how you can use all of these beautiful hand stitch pieces in larger projects like uh, quilts or quilted pillows or things like that because I think that having a hand stitch piece in a larger project is just such a lovely way to just add another dimension to the surface and I'm all about uh, larger projects like quilts should be used and not uh, put away and saved for something special. So hopefully people will get some ideas in that workshop. Then um, if you're going to, if you, if you uh, buy the All Alexis Pass, there's so many good uh, little perks to having that All Alexis Pass. Um, and the one thing that uh, I will be sharing if you purchase the all access pass is you get my class uh, to show you the basics of chicken scratch embroidery. Now, for those of you who don't know anything about chicken scratch embroidery, uh, I guarantee you've probably seen it. If you've ever been to an antique store or seen vintage aprons or anything like that, but it is uh, sort of a hybrid of cross stitch and uh, maybe a little sashiko. I don't know. It's kind of it kind of merges several different hand stitching disciplines together. And the the motif that we'll make. Hopefully you can see that. Um, and I'll bring it up closer to the camera. But this is a star. Uh, this is actually a pillow that I made uh, for the class. I some people call chicken scratch snowflake stitches it's just a, there's lots of different names for it mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. I give you access with the all access pass to my snowflake embroidered star 
which is this. And, and so I will teach you in the class how to make all of these really beautiful stitches to make the star and you'll have the template. So you could use this really as anything. You could use it as a pillow. You could make several of them into a quilt. Um, Ooh, that's a nice idea. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'll give you all the basics. Um, I've stitched hours of chicken scratch embroidery so I can share with you in the class my best supplies and what seems to work well uh, in this type of uh, work and what doesn't. And it's just super fun. Everybody that I've taught it to um, agrees. It's just very, it's like Sasha co-stitching and mending. It's very uh, forgiving, but yet meditative. It's perfect for summer because you can just take it with you. Yeah. All you need is your thread, a hoop. It's always done on gingham, so you'll need the gingham, the gingham fabric, uh, which I do carry. Some people have trouble finding the correct uh, gingham that I recommend, the size. Uh, so I do sell that in my shop if people can't find it and would like to um, use what I use. But yeah, you will get access to that class um, and uh, with the all access pass. Yeah, so. which is amazing value to just to jump in there because your snowflake workshop is $60. It is. By itself. Yeah. And if you wanted to purchase the all access pass, it's $59. So yeah, you're yeah. making a savings there. Plus you get instant access to all of the workshops. Yeah. So you don't even have to wait until next week when the, the workshops are revealed. And there's so many wonderful bonuses provided by all the artists. It, it's a plethora of inspiration and projects and fun. And, it oh, is. Yeah. And people have already been signing in and taking the class. You've purchased the All Access Pass. So if you um, are taking the class and on our live, uh, thank you. And if you have questions, you can leave them on the class and I'll answer right away. I was gonna share this one. This is the same star, wow. but just with a different outline stitch. Mm. Um, and it's kind of variegated. I love variegated thread. Do you use a lot of variegated thread, Kate? I don't know. I have moments. Yes, yes, so yes and no. Yeah, it really depends yeah. on what's in my stash at the time. <laughs> yeah, what's on the top of the stash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but. It's, you know, there's lights and darks within the oh, orange pretty. thread. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely it, lovely. I just love, and so this is what for people to discover if they haven't uh, experienced the chicken scratch before, is it's literally stitches, isn't it? And yet the stitches on top of the gingham change it from looking like a cross to changing the appearance of the gingham square itself yeah. as well. Like the pattern that you're holding up just then it really changes the appearance of the fabric just from the way yeah. the stitches have been put onto the fabric. I mean, honestly, it almost looks like, my sister-in-law said it best, it almost looks like you've laid like a piece of lace mm -hmm. over the gingham, mm -hmm. but that's all done with stitches. Yeah. And the stitches are not um, complicated and you just sort of have to have a plan to approach whatever the motif or anything that you're going to stitch, how it would go, the flow. But what I love about it is that there's no 
uh, there's not a lot of counting or oh. marking or anything like that. And you can do it. Um, I can do it at night while we're watching a movie. You know, I don't even really have to have like, I mean, you want decent light. You don't want to mess up your eyes, but I don't need a lot. It's not a lot of detail work. You kind yeah. of get a rhythm and you can just keep on going. And uh, before you know it, you know, it's good to done. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's, that, that's nice too. Cause I know a lot of our audience really do like to um, have a, a project that they can be working on whilst watching the TV or, you know, yeah. out and about and have it in their bag that they can, can carry and take it with them. And like you say, especially for summer, because you're working with a cotton, it's lightweight and it's not large. So yeah. you're not going to feel weighed down <clears throat> with a big, heavy piece of cloth yeah. that you might be working on. Yeah. On, you can wrap it in the bag and you're off and the the great thing is you can hold a conversation and you're not you know what was the old uh the old saying when uh people would knit they were like i can't talk now i'm counting you know you don't have to count <laughs> <laughs> or anything like that so i yeah i found a vintage i don't know how old it was large quilt square and I think I bought it um, in Texas years ago, and I didn't really have, uh, I, I loved it, but I didn't really have time to like look, take a deep dive into what I was looking at. And then we um, moved from Seattle, Washington to Santa Fe, and I, my student studio was going to be part of an addition we were doing on the house that we purchased um, here in Santa Fe. So I didn't have a studio for most of a year. So all my projects had to be portable. So I got really um, good at finding. So then I pulled that, that original gingham piece out. I'm like, well, you know, now's as good a time as any. <laughs> <laughs> it was so, all, all very fortuitous. It kind of it is happened at those times and because I just love how it from how I'm understanding it is you just saw these textiles through your adventures and in thrift stores and that kind of thing which piqued your fancy and then you kind of did a di deep dive into it is that how you arrived upon chicken scratch yeah well it is yeah so I um would often see um gingham aprons with chicken scratch embroidery on them or really all kinds of um, embroidered pieces at the thrift store. And mm. uh, I did for about three years, I used to do um, web website content for a thrift store chain. They would hire me to go into their stores and shop for the type of uh, thing that you could find possibly any day that you walked in there. So it wasn't like a seasonal thing. Mm -hmm. And then I would make uh, some sort of DIY project and give instructions to do it. So yeah, so I was paid to thrift shop for a while, oh <laughs> which was really fun. Oh yes, and dangerous, I could imagine. Very dangerous. <laughs> but I would find, you know, uh, pieces. I think I talk about one in my workshop uh, it was a beautiful piece of needlework, but it just didn't have quite enough of a border around 
the motif to frame it or to sew it into something else, which is probably why it ended up at the thrift store. Somebody was like, well, it's really pretty, but I don't know what to do with it. And um, so those are the kinds of pieces that I would find and I would bring home and just try to experiment with. And then I would see like a chicken scratch embroidered apron or something. And I would, um, I would, you know, experiment with like, how can we do this? You know, how can we, uh, the, the, it's funny, the instructions that you can find from original chicken scratch embroidery way, 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 way back many decades ago are very rudimentary, but we managed to figure it out. You know, we, um, instructions for projects nowadays are so much more um, in depth than they were back then. Mm -hmm. But, you know, chicken scratch itself is very, it's, it's simple, it's doable. I've had women who, um, you know, get really excited when they learn it because they're like, I can teach my granddaughter how to do this. And I, you know, I was like, if they could stitch with a needle and thread, they're already three quarters of the way there. Yeah. yeah. And I do like the sound of that because I was wondering if it was similar to say cross stitch where you need to count and you need to keep an eye on lines and all that kind of stuff. Is it that meticulous or because you're working with a larger grid so to speak it's not as uh some, sometimes you really need to focus to make sure you've got the right bits in the right areas right so to speak yeah i mean you're getting them so i like to stitch with a quarter inch um so the quarter inch gingham means that each one of these little squares is a quarter inch square mm, it's quarter and, inch, you okay. know, yeah gingham um comes in all different sizes and I've just found that with the quarter inch square size, I mean, you could certainly stitch it on any size, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but I've found with the quarter inch size that you don't have a lot of thread carrying across the back to pull and the same with the front. And when, uh, like you would if it were a larger gingham and with a smaller gingham, you're really having to pay attention because you're using those little squares. Mm -hmm. So, um, once you mark it, which is very simple, and I show you how to do that in the class, once you mark it, uh, it you're on your way. Mm -hmm. You just start stitching. And really, you only have to put like a dot um, inside of each square. So I, you know, I use a friction pen, which some people worry sometimes that friction pen marks don't really go away. But if you just use a dot, just mm -hmm. to know which squares you're going to be stitching in. You'll never see it. Sometimes I forget to iron them away. <laughs> so it's super, it super fun and easy. Yeah. Oh, I'm super excited. I've been um, wanting to do something like this for so long. So like you say, when summer comes, that's one of my projects. And I'd really like to turn it into a, a top because I like to make a lot of my things oh, wearable. So so, pretty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So just a very simple top that I can either wear it on the front or the back or yeah. everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I've seen people do it on, um, like they've made a gingham apron and done it just on the bib of the mm. gingham apron. Or, um, yeah, I did. A, I found a shirt at J. Crew, and it was gingham, and I stitched, you know, a little simple motif. That's the thing. The motifs themselves. Um, I teach a lot of different motifs, but um, 
and they're small, but if you just repeat them, they're mm -hmm. so impactful mm -hmm. that you're just doing the same little pattern over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely fascinating. What is the, the history about it? Do you know where it originated? Because uh, prior to you sharing your knowledge with me about it, I had never really heard about it before. So, well, you know, it's interesting because um, it's, there are forms of it in many different countries, which is why I think it has so many different names, like snowflake embroidery, Amish lace is another name of it. Um, I'm trying to think of some of the other names now. Um, so they really don't know where it originated and probably because it's sort of a, 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 a mixture of a lot of different styles. So uh, I think it started to gain popularity in the U.S. really during um, the Depression era. Okay. So that would have been like the 1920s, I think so. somewhere around then. They called it, you know, there was versions of it they called Depression Lace. And uh, yeah, but it, I mean, its beginnings are a bit elusive. And I think it's just because there were so many different versions of it everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, so when I found that square, I had seen chicken scratch embroidery many times, but I'd never really stopped to look at it and really think about what it was. Mm -hmm. So that was, you know, the square, I found the quilt square and I kept it and then, you know, probably four years later when I didn't have a space to work in, I got, you know, I, I, I thought, well, let's just, let's look at it. Yeah. I can look at this on the kitchen table and it's not going to make a big mess. Yes. <laughs> I have to clean up a lot right. afterwards. <laughs> we have a very small house and so my messes, um, you know, can take up a lot of space pretty quickly. Oh, yes, yes, exactly. Plus, you don't really want to have to t tidy up all the time either. No. Once it's out, you like, well, I like my project to be out and about until I finish completion. So it's, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, oh, there's some got... fun comments coming in too about um, yes. who can scratch. Yeah. So Susie's saying her grandmother sewed the puckered gingham and made pillows with it and she showed Susie, how to do it in the early 60s. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's totally cool. And um, I really like how you've taken, because for me, I always associate gingham with um, red and white. Yeah. But I really like how you paired it back and put it on a, a black and white gingham so that you're letting the color of the thread be more prominent, I guess yeah. you could say. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've tried to just sort of make it feel, you know, um, modern to me, I guess. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'm always experimenting. And, uh, yeah, it's fun to try all the different ways that you can, you know, modernize it or change it. It's often the, the ones I saw from uh, the vintage vintage ones that I have are, are usually done with one color of thread. So like they're all white or all black. Uh, they're not usually done uh, in different colors mm -hmm. of thread. I mean, they can be, but yeah. I don't usually see them like that. Yeah. It's fun to add lots of color, I think. 
Yes, totally. Well, like what you're saying with working with the um, variegated thread, it kind of just, that's it. I know, it's that added enjoyment of what? where's the colour going to change? Well, I and think that's why I like it because yeah. I think I lose interest really quickly when I'm stitching with the same colour over and over again. And so I get really, I kind of get refocused when the colour starts to change. Yeah. And, you know, I've experimented with variegated thread as far as like, uh, some threads have a long color change. So their color change happens, you know, every six inches or so. And then some um, happen quicker. So you get lots of different colors faster. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's just, yeah, it's fun. It's like a rabbit hole. It's fun to just sort of like try them all. Yeah, yeah it totally is. I think in some senses that adds to the addiction of wanting to keep stitching a bit more because it's like, what, what's it going to look like gonna, when I change? Yeah. <laughs> I'm totally addicted. I'm totally addicted. Yeah. We don't it's kind of like enough about healthy addictions. I think that <laughs> stitching by hand is a very healthy addiction. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. It's, it kind of makes me think of, you know, when you're knitting, it's like, I've just knit to the end of this row. And then, you know, you get to the end of the row and you're like, maybe just I'll do one, one more. And more. just one more. <laughs> It's the same with stitching. I'll just change. Yeah. I'll just keep stitching to the end of this color. Exactly. Just a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Yeah, that's what that's what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. And then before you know it, you've got a beautifully a beautiful pattern has appeared before yeah. you. And yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, well, before we wrap up, I just would like to touch upon what you're. Uh, we've got we've another visitor. Got Toby. He's visiting oh. as usual. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> hello toby um hello, hello, hello. Who's, oh what a beautiful kitty cat he's a sweetheart he's a yeah. little lonely this week because my husband's on a business trip so he's oh. only got one human here so oh, he's a little bit he's pretty spoiled mm, yeah cats cats have a tendency to be i think like, he makes an appearance in my workshop video too i think <laughs> he just can't stay away <laughs> It's it's very hard to keep them out of the way. I think they it do is. like part of what's yeah. going on. <laughs> <laughs> and um, before we wrapped up, I just wanted to touch upon going back to the workshop that you're presenting for the um, on Thursday, which is talking about how to include stitching into quilts and, and other uh, projects that you might be working on. For people who are wondering what to do with your stitching, it is a fabulous workshop. Blair has no fear. That's all I can say with what to do with some of the stitch projects because you do, you do things that I'm like, oh, you really? Uh, so I don't know if we I want to divulge too much or whether you want to share too much or whether we leave it a surprise for people to have a look at next week. But it it's a wonderful um wonderful exploration into just different ways of approaching how to put textiles together. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it's, and I, I do think that it's good to just, hopefully it will give other people um, confidence to try something with, you know, a piece of hand stitched fabric that they have, you know, they're very pretty to look at and pet, but we want to put them in something that we can have out in our life and enjoy and um you know have fun looking at every day i think yeah exactly yeah. and that's that's what makes them so nice and and so user-friendly too isn't it when you can incorporate them into something like a quilt or 
a, a cushion, something that you have around and you can appreciate on a day yeah. like that. Too. Yeah, exactly. I think that, you know, we all, sometimes when we're sewing, we, we put too much pressure on ourselves to make the perfect thing or something like that. And, you know, I went to an artist talk last night. I'm going to try to put Toby down again. He's really, um, I went to an artist talk last night where he was, you know, the theme of what he was talking about was like, you learn, he was an oil painter. You learn from emptying a tube of paint. You know, what's the point in having all the fabric if you're not willing to use it up and to try and experiment and see where it goes. So I think that's really good advice for, you know, people whose medium is fabric and thread as well. Yeah. yeah. I think that's very good advice because it's so easy to be precious about materials or wait for the perfect product project to use them uh, that sometimes they never get touched. So yeah. um, I think that's a, a really good, good suggestion. And sometimes you just got to get those scissors out, don't you? And you do. You do. Yeah. 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 Make that commitment. Yeah. And then once it's, once it's done, it's liberating. Yeah, even if, even if it isn't like what you envisioned it would be at the end, you know, you still learn something from it, yeah. right? So you still, um, and you, you know, even if you didn't learn what you wanted to learn from the actual stitching, it's like I've looked at pieces of, uh, of that I've done in the past. And I'm like, so I did this at the beach, you know, with my family and things like that. So it's just always, we need to give ourselves permission to just play. Yeah. And that's what, that's what your retreat is really um, emphasizing, which I love because, mm -hmm. you know, it's uh it's just a chance to see, play, experiment, learn something new, incorporate it into what you already know. It's just really, um, it's a gift, really. It's yeah. just such a nice thing that we can do for ourselves, I think. Yes, ab absolutely. It's making a bit of space to have a bit of creativity. And and I, I think uh, that's where the excitement happens, particularly yeah. with uh, many of the people who participate in the all the workshops. Quite often you get an amalgamation of ideas. So you might try this stitching project and apply it to someone else's project yeah. or you know like it's just really wonderful to see how ideas build on ideas yeah. build on ideas so like you say it's all about play it's all about experimenting and having fun and having permission to do so because I know quite often the uh, creativity gets put to the the bottom of the to-do list so it's a nice way of prioritizing a bit of creativity and a bit of zen and self-care at the same time as well yeah. creativity now actually attracts that that energy very much so yeah yeah very yeah. excited about it <laughs> me too we yeah. can't wait <laughs> i will be i will have my needle and thread out as well so I'm, oh. i mean the instructors that you have and the teachers it's just an amazing lineup mm. and uh it's going to be a lot of fun yes it totally is i'm i'm super excited i'm so thrilled that you're part of it blair it's Lovely to connect with you again. Um, is any Are there any parting comments you'd like to share with people before we wrap up today? Well, if anybody has any questions or wants, you know, more information about uh, what I do or my workshop, you are always welcome to get in touch. 
Um, I have an email on uh, email address on my website, and I think it's also on Instagram as well. And I think I put it in the um, info for the workshop. But I look forward to seeing what everybody makes. Yes, me very too. Very excited. Oh, me yeah. too. I'm absolutely so excited. So yes, please share what you make. Uh, you can either share it on, on Instagram. We've got a couple of hashtags that are working. Hashtag Making Zen, hashtag Making Zen May 23. And then there's all, and of course, Blair as well. Um, and then there's also the Facebook group. So for anybody who likes to um, engage with Facebook, there's a very active community. And that's a lovely place as well for to share, get inspiration, get encouragement, and even workshop ideas where people come in and say, I'm not sure what to do. And, and so it's, it's a very friendly, com supportive community. It so. is. It is. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yep. Well, Blair, much love. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, and I can't wait to see what everybody does with their new knowledge that you've shared with us. I can't either. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Thank you so much, Kate, for putting this together. It's just wonderful. It's my pleasure. It's, I'm delighted that you're part of it, too. Me, too. Much love. Yes. Bye-bye.